Dirtball fam, quick reminder, I am sending out dirty sports koozies to anyone who drops an iTunes review. It's that easy, guys. Just leave an iTunes review and drop your Twitter or Instagram handle, and I'll reach out to you and send you those koozies. What a great Christmas gift. Free dirty sports koozies. And if you've left an iTunes review before, update it. That's all you got to do. Get two more free koozies. Just update it, and I will send you those koozies in the mail. But again, make sure you leave your Instagram or Twitter handle. That way I can reach out to you to get those koozies in the mail. All right, guys, let's start the show. Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nocho Prano. Hello, Andy. Oh, that's a Tug Coker. Yeah. Hello, Hello Andy. Andy. Hello, Andy. Morning, bud. How you doing? I'm um, okay. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I, uh, I'm excited to talk football today. Yeah. A lot of football yesterday. A lot of, a lot of moving and shaking. Playoff picture coming into focus who's who's a contender the the only thing that's not coming into focus right now is the one seeds which are suddenly up for grabs i think the last three weeks of the nfl every year is so much fun and i don't feel like enough people say that out loud it's it's because everybody's a fantasy player so it's like oh the last three weeks when fantasy's over and you're like yeah i don't care about fantasy yeah because like you said one seed's up in the air the playoff picture i mean the afc is so competitive i think what's most exciting too um at least for this year i'm not sure well i guess this is the this is the plan going forward i don't i'm not sure i i love it but there there's definitely a level at uh an added level of excitement that there's only one buy team, which oh my gosh, historically, right? at least in the recent history, has been basically a, a a path to the conference championship game, at the very least, if not the Super Bowl. I think. Well, this year obviously is a little different with COVID and no fans, so you know you could argue, and I actually I will. That home field really doesn't matter that much this year, right? I mean, well, how much you know, you, you know, I, I think I think that what changes is probably the travel aspect of home field gets heightened, but uh, the actual atmosphere not as not as important, obviously. But I gotta imagine there's so much more protocol now with your traveling and you get on a plane and you get there, you gotta get tested again and blah, 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 blah. So I'm sure it's annoying, but more just having the buy. I mean, the last couple of years, if you had the buy. Sure. Like, I don't think, when's the last time a team appeared in the Super Bowl that didn't have a buy? Yeah. 
I'm, I'm going to pose a hypothetical real quick. Okay. Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. I'm just going to choose those two because those two are the leading candidates for MVP. Yeah. They get COVID. What does the NFL do? Before a playoff game, do they postpone it? I mean, I mean, these are legitimate questions that can happen. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be where it gets into the fairness factor because we've seen through throughout this season how it seems like the what they're going to do in case of COVID that there doesn't seem to be like a consistent strategy. And I know we talked about how the Broncos thing was because they kind of broke protocol, so it's their own fault. I, I think it'll depend on or it should, it seems, the precedent has set that it would depend on how one of these guys got COVID. But, like, the other question is, if you're, let's say you're a Titans fan or a Bills fan or a Steelers fan or something like that, like, is is this the first time ever where we had to worry about, like, a Celtic pride situation where, like, some some Steelers fan with COVID is just breaking into the Chiefs locker room and coughing all over people. Like, <laughs> like get, giving Patrick Mahomes COVID is a, a, certainly a way to get through the Chiefs. Yeah, it's kind of like what did they do back in the old days? They'd send hookers to yeah. players' hotel rooms. Yeah, Lawrence Taylor used to send hookers like the other running backs, <laughs> receivers, hotel rooms. Yeah, sending a COVID hooker. <laughs> oh, double whammy right there. Yeah. Weaken his you, legs you used and to have his to worry about. You used to have to worry about what diseases the hookers have. Now you have to worry about what viruses they have. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I, t- for the hypothetical, like, I don't know. But certainly, like, let's just say one of those guys, basically any quarterback, any star player even, any, like, I mean, Travis Kelsey – you know, or Eric Aaron Donald or whoever, like one of those guys gets it in a playoff run. You're kind of like, whatever happens from here on out. So this is now the asterisk COVID Super Bowl. Yeah. And you're right. They have not set it up. There hasn't been a uniformed stance by the NFL. So if they start showing preferential treatment, which they already have, if they continue that, I think they need to release some sort of statement heading into the playoffs and say, we will delay the games if so many guys get it, or we will delay, or we won't, and tough luck. But, you know, the Chiefs have to play with out Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And Chad Henney or whoever their backup is. I don't know. We can start there, by the way. Patrick I think Mahomes- we should have – I think there should be, like, an automatic quarterback. Remember when you would do that, like, at, at – uh when you play touch football as a kid, somebody was like automatic QB. I think there should just be like a veteran quarterback on the side, like ready in, in pads, just finding out what Jersey he's going to put on and, and play quarterback. If somebody goes out with COVID, like he's the universal. Yeah. Like you you could take, you could take somebody that's like medium, uh, like medium quality, like not like the best quarterback that doesn't make the playoffs. But like a middle of the road, decent starter that from a non-playoff team. Kirk Cousins. Oh, that would be so unfair. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Kirk Cousins has 
Kirk Cousins now in the playoffs when he actually can only play good teams. I, I'd almost rather take more of like a wild card. I'd almost, I'd almost rather take Sam Darnold. Really? Honestly, I, you're going to hate that I just said, it, but just make it Eli Manning. Tell him to get in shape right now. Have him ready. Here we are again. Here we Have are him ready. Again. You've got a guy. He's not signed to any team. You know he has some playoff clutchness. Who else would be? I mean, Deshaun Watson would be a fair. Matt Stafford. Deshaun Watson. Free Matt, Wa- free Matt Stafford. On, Hold on. These guys are not. These guys are good. Like Deshaun Watson's not a middle of the row. Neither is Matt I mean, Stafford. I mean, they're you know they're the in the eight to twelve. Yeah, top exactly. Best quarterback ranch. It's pretty good. You know, I'm saying like if if the bottom third, if you take the bottom third out as like not the quarterbacks you'd want. So you've got 20 quarterbacks left. The 8 to 12 range is the middle. The middle of good quarterback play. I think free Matt, Matt Stafford has earned this. Matt Stafford has earned a chance lo- to play in the love playoffs. Matthew Stafford. I do. I just think he's underrated because he's been on the fucking Lions. I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong. And he puts up numbers. It's just, it's just tough. You know, he stayed on the field for the longest time after that one injury. I think if you, I think the other thing about Matt Stafford is you look at so many people who go to disastrous franchises, like people are talking about, oh, if Trevor Lawrence knew what was good for him, he wouldn't go to the Jets. Oh, of course, Joe Burrow got hurt. He went to the Bengals, blah, 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 blah. Like Matt Stafford went, has played well, is still there, is still alive. I mean, think about the quarterbacks that went to terrible franchises, and we don't know. Like, you know. Was Rick Meyer a good NFL quarterback on a dumpster fire team? He played till he was like 35, or was just he on a dumpster fire team? Like, was, was you know, I mean, I think Ryan Leaf, safe to say, would have probably gotten in a meth anyway. But, like, sh- should Achilles Smith have been out of football in 14 months? Yes. Or did he just get, yes. he just get signed by the Bengals? Yes. I'm not going to give any leeway to Achilles Smith. He played one season in Oregon after – being a junior college transfer. Yeah. I did look at the YouTube section briefly, and I think we got some funny comments. Not even funny, but legit. Just vaccinate these guys. Like, there, there's this debate, and I've, I actually saw an article about it. I didn't read it. Like, should premier athletes be able to get vaccinations quicker? Look, I have no problem if they want to give vaccinations to Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and the 14 starting quarterbacks for the playoff teams. I'd certainly say let's let's get like the truly high risk people vaccinated, then go from there. They can get it before I can. That's fine with me. Um, I don't yeah, think they I, get it before grandparents. You, you know what I mean? Fourteen yeah. people though. Yeah. So Patrick Mahomes yesterday. It's funny that this game played out because we just had a discussion last week. Has he ever had a bad game? And yesterday was probably one of his worst games. And again, it wasn't that bad. Three picks. Now. They they were bad throws on most of those picks. I think how were, many how many games is that his first three pick game ever? No, he's done it before. I think it was his second. I believe I saw a stat. It was only his third game ever. I could be wrong. This where he's thrown more picks than touchdown passes. So he only had two picks entering the game. He still finished with three hundred ninety six passing yards. Dude, if you are another team in the NFL, you have to be shitting your pants at the Chiefs. The Chiefs, he had three interceptions, and they were up 30-10 to 10 at one point. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing about that game is at, 
a 10 nothing we've seen and we saw this with the chiefs in the playoffs last year the the dolphins going up 10 nothing nothing not only nothing but like and i bet the dolphins to to cover which miracle that that happened but up 10 that was my thinking like oh this is like a good but i was like by no means was i like oh they're definitely going to cover this game i thought for sure i i still up 10 nothing was like they probably won't cover honestly and uh yeah they like once the chiefs then take the lead they never give it back up and i'd love to see the stats on that like how many times have have the chiefs traded traded the lead with somebody. I bet it hasn't happened much. Now they're not doing a great job of closing out games, but that I think that comes down to, look, you're going to get a week off. Probably at this point, they're going to be the one seed. You're going to get a week off going into a playoff game. Like, I think the idea of them being like a Shaq Lakers put their, put, you know, put it into high gear for the playoffs. Yeah. I'd, I'd be worried about playing the chiefs. I think they just get bored. You know, that girl in the background thinks that too. Just screaming, little child. No, but seriously, like when you're up 30 to 10 and when you're up 14, 17, 21 points every week, you know, I was watching Sunday Night Football and I think they know it too. It's like we can nitpick and say, oh, they can get shaky. I mean, we, I don't know. I just think that really is nitpicking. And, well, my, my point, this is, way, Joe, my point is simply if they if they go into a playoff game with with a bye week, I just don't see them losing game one. So now you're going into a conference championship game, like when they have not closed out a lot of teams. If if somebody comes back late in a game and beats them in a, in a conference championship game, can anybody go like, well, we didn't see this coming? I mean, the you know they say good teams win close games, so no doubt about it. They're they're the best team in football, but you know there's they're also they're not just straight up blowing out people like You're they right. have been, they have the last couple of years. But do you know what all these games have in common, or at least the last two weeks, or whenever they played Tampa? Just games I'm remembering, and maybe it was who they play last week. Um, I forget off. But okay, I forget too. But like when they played Tampa, when they played the Raiders, when they played. Dolphins yesterday. All Denver these games, last week, wasn't it? Yeah, good call. It was Denver. You know what? All, and that's another one. You know what? All four of those games have in common. The defense gave up some points. They got it within seven, six or seven points, whatever it was, three, four points. And it always came down to can the opposing team's defense stop Patrick Mahomes on that final drive? And guess what? They never have. So that that's why for me, I wouldn't stress as a Chiefs fan or as someone who thinks, you know, anybody who thinks that I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to be the guy to lose the game until they can stop yeah, him. I mean, the idea, the idea of the words Chiefs fan and stress being together. Yeah. I don't think there's anything to stress right now as compared to all the other NFL teams, but yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that it's very obvious that they're the best team in football, but do they look unbeatable right now? I no, don't they're beatable. They yeah. They're beatable. And one of those teams I want to add to that list, which we've been discussing lately. I know what you're going to say. Buffalo Bills. Yeah. I don't think I agree with you. Because they pass so much? No, as well as the Bills 
played last night um, and they looked good. And I, it was definitely an impressive win by them. I just think for the Bills to beat the Chiefs, like, I mean, you talk about quarterback play. Josh Allen has improved, no doubt about it. Josh Allen's a good quarterback in the NFL at this point, and he's clearly the quarterback of the future for the Buffalo Bills. You look at his numbers, though, he's not playing spectacular football, whether you like it or not. I mean, I disagree. I disagree. How, how, how so? I mean, look at him last night. What was his, like, you know, first of all, how far into the game were we where they hadn't scored a point? Like, if you go into a Chiefs game and you don't score a point for a quarter and a half, you've already lost. It's over. You're not winning. You could do that against the Steelers. You play 20 minutes of football against the Chiefs and you do not put a single point on the board, you have already lost the game. You are not coming back. You lose. You get nothing. Good day, sir. He was 20. Yeah, he didn't have that highest completion percentage. He was 24, 43, 238, two touchdowns and a pick. This is what I'll say about Josh Allen, though. I am firmly on the team Josh Allen train right now. Like, no, jo- that's, that, that's like, fine. And, and, and I've been saying that all year. But, but here's why. He, the thing, and they talked about this last night during the broadcast. The strides he's made from year two to year three is one of the best strides that I've seen in recent years. His completion percentage was the lowest in the NFL. Now he's in the like top five. He's throwing seven yeah. minus last night. He's completing 70% of his passes. He doesn't do the, I'm just going to take off anymore. Right? No. And, and that was the, that's the, the completion percentage is the big thing for Josh Allen's growth, which most people, the common belief is if you're not accurate in college, how are you going to be accurate in the NFL? And he's more accurate in the NFL than he was in college. He lines up with everything I like in a quarterback coming from a small school being, you know, ha- having to play against bigger, better competition all the time. It gets you ready to be a quarterback in the NFL. Big guy, big arm. He was my favorite guy in that class. And he is for sure showing improvement, like honestly, quickly and on levels that we really haven't seen before. I mean, changing arm mechanics, changing all that stuff. A lot of those big arm guys that come out of college, they just never get them to change their mechanics and it never goes well. He's certainly improving. And I think that he's going to continue to improve. And I think that his future with the Bills quarterback as a Bills quarterback is bright. And next year, I could see them beating a Chiefs team. But I still don't see – like you're going to need to completely shut down the Chiefs if you're going to have halves of football where you can't put points on the board. But we're not talking about their defense yet. And I think the Bills defense is very talented. They're ball hawks. They know how to tackle. They know how to cover in the secondary. They can get to the quarterback. I think the Bills are an overall pretty complete team. Now, the thing that they lack is a running game. I think they pass it too much. They don't and that's have- what And that's what is going to be able to undo the Chiefs is keeping them off the field. Yeah. Now, look, dude, he, he has had games, though, man, where he slung it around. Like, look at against Seattle where he did play. Yesterday, he, he didn't sling it around to start. He had a rough start, and obviously they caught on, and they really started gelling in the second half. I like him a lot. I do, too. I just think, you know, if your strategy is 
throw the ball a ton and score 26 points, you're going to have a hard time beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I think you got to put up 30 on them for sure. But, you know, I put them in the mix is what I'm saying. I think the Steelers are in trouble right now. Yes. And I have been, I've been off, I've been laying off giving the Steelers the business lately because what do you say about a team that's undefeated? But to steal one from our boy, Tug Coker, I've, I've been on the, the Steelers are paper tigers for a solid five seasons now. Well, they got to run the ball. You just, you need a run game. You need a more balanced attack. Their defense is going to be fine. Their defense is always fine. I mean, where do you rank? Like, and and again, this is, if, if we start the show talking about, you got to be afraid of the chiefs. If we agree, the chiefs are the best team. If we agree at some point, you're going to have to beat the chiefs unless somebody does it for you. Where do you rank the Steelers in the AFC in terms of the AFC goes to the Chiefs? If the Chiefs are one, do the Steelers have the best chance of beating the Chiefs? I think we agree that we like the Titans' strategy of run the ball. Do I think that the Cleveland Browns, even though they have a running game, have a better chance to beat the Chiefs than the Steelers? No, I don't. So, like, I don't know. I think I have the Steelers, like, in my, not in my who's the best team, but who has the best chance to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC? I might have the Steelers fourth. Yeah, and, and let's not forget Indy. Indy looks great. Indy runs the ball. the ball. And they yeah. have a defense. And they have a defense. So it's, a, it's the same formula that the Titans are using. Now they have the anti-clutch in Phillip Rivers. The guy, you know, the only thing he, ever, he can ever do under, uh, under duress is impregnate his wife. Yeah. But, but we'll see. Feed. That's a good feat, by the way. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Talent. We'll see if Philip Rivers can do. I mean, hey, hey, let but, me ask you something real quick about that. Yeah, I was having this discussion with somebody this weekend. You think at a certain point you're just kind of an asshole for pumping out kids? I think you are. Well, you know, you and I talked about this. I think it was you and I who talked about this recently, and you were like, "Philip Rivers fucks." Didn't you say that to me? Oh, I think he does. And I think Philip Rivers has had sex twelve times. Or however many kids he's had. He's got I think nine it's like, kids. Yeah. I think Philip Rivers has had probably had, you know, sex on his honeymoon. And that was his first kid. And like, like, yeah, I, I think you're an asshole. But also, if you're only going to have a kid, I me mean, is the guy supposed to die only having sex 10 times? No, I, I, just, I just think people at a certain point, Maybe I'm wrong. I could be way off base. I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous that we need, like, we don't need double-digit Philip Rivers kids going out into the world being unclutch and everything they do. You know, just on the highway, some guy (laughs) goes, you're just on the highway, and some truck driver just can't manage to get across the lane and get it and just causes a 20-car pileup, and you're like, what happened? One of Philip Rivers' kids became a truck driver. I think it's people just trying to push you're their bloodline. Mc, you're just at McDonald's. You get going. You reach into your bag for your double cheeseburgers, and it's just a bunch of like chicken Caesar wraps. And you're like, "What happened?" It's like Philip Rivers' kids working the drive-through. I like how you gave Philip Rivers' kids. Philip Rivers made hundreds of millions of dollars in the NFL. You're giving his kids McDonald's and truck driver jobs. Oh, you know, you know, Philip Rivers has taken ninety-five percent of his money and given it to the Church of Latter-day Saints or some fucking. He, nonsense no, he's actually Catholic. Oh, okay, which makes sense, right? Yeah. Mormons, the Catholics, they're always pumping out kids. But I, but I think, I think you're, I think it's a bloodline. You're gonna have to thing. do it on your fudging own, son, just yeah. like I did. 
And trust me, I come from a family of five boys. So I don't know. Maybe my parents are, were assholes. But I think it was a little different back then as well. I don't know. When I, when I see families with this many kids nowadays, I'm just like, come on, man. Do you really think about need that? the environment? Well, not just environment. Do you need that many of you in the world? Yeah. That's what it is. Because it's you. Like, having yeah. a kid is crazy. Also, like, what's the deal with Philip Rivers' wife? Like, go to brunch and take a picture of your eggs and put it on Instagram. Like, how much, do you fu- how much fucking attention you need? Like, how many kids you need being like, Mom, we oh. love you. I can't. Dude, my brother has three. And I'm like, holy hell. I can't imagine nine. Imagine having nine kids and not being able to swear at them. Oh. I'd be sw- like, shut the fuck up. I dropped a damn yesterday on one of the kids and I realized, oh, I know it's so minor, but I'm like, ugh. I think you're allowed to say damn, right? It was my nephew, but he's such a little goody two shoes. Which and is did, I which is I and who caught you? No, nobody. You caught yourself? I caught myself. I said, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And uh the irony is his dad is the most foul mouth of yeah. anyone I know. We talk about the pussification of America. We're not saying damn around kids anymore. Dude, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. I got threatened to get thrown out of the game on Saturday, though. By who? The ref threatened to throw you out? Threatened to toss me, the assistant coach. Wow. You know what it was over? It was a clear block, all ball, and all I yelled. Oh, 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 okay. All I yelled was sitting down. You know, I, I'm like the, the quiet reserved. I don't, I don't do any of that stuff. All I yelled out was, all ball. Come on, man, all ball. And the other ref from the other side of the court, apparently I said it loud enough for him to hear. He comes over and he's like, I don't want any more of that out of you. You do it again, you're out of here. Let us do our job and you do your job. And then he was staring at me, like trying to be hard. And he goes, I'm talking to you. And I, you know, I wear the face mat, face shields. And I go, yeah, I know. I'm looking right at you. But for some reason that like won his respect or something, because then he started buddying up with me in the second half and we started getting all the calls. Yeah. See, that's by the way, that's why you do it. That's that's the name of the game in coaching sports is like managers when they go out on the field, they're not going to get the call change. It's just knowing that you're going to have your say and and like assert your physical presence and then they're thinking about you. And it worked. And we won for the record and we'll go right back to the NFL. We were losing 17 to 8 at half. We shut out the second team in the second or this gave your team half. a spark. Started getting some calls because the ref knows you're over there. You're watching him. I like it. Hey, it worked. This is this is a good learning process for me. Very. That's very uh, Terry Collins of you. Oh, come on, we gotta have our shot. <laughs> so, are you gonna put the back to the Steelers? Are you gonna put them in back of let's say like a Titans or Colts? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if if you've got the Bills up there. I mean, the Bills just beat them. You, you can't not say that the Bills have a better chance of beating the Chiefs than the Steelers do when the Bills handed it to them last night in primetime football. Like, so I'm going to put the Bills above them. And then, yeah, some combination of Chiefs-Colts with a running game. Or, sorry, uh, Titans-Colts with a running game. What, what, an AFC South team. Yeah. No, I like it. I, I agree. I mean, right now, let's look at the AFC standings real quick. Obviously, the Chiefs are first. Steelers second, Bills are third, Titans fourth, Browns fifth, Colts sixth, Dolphins seventh, Ravens are hovering. Huge game tonight against Cleveland, and the Raiders are ninth. Look at that. 
it's really bunched up, man. I am so curious how the, the Browns perform tonight. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually rooting for them. I'm going to say it. I'm rooting for the Browns. I'm rooting for the Ravens. I got the Ravens money line because I think this could be a, a down week for them. But also, it's kind of a win-win for me because I think um, – I don't think the Browns run the table from here on out on the season. So, for me, huge game next Sunday night, uh, Giants and Browns Sunday night football. So, it's like if they survive the Ravens, maybe their letdown game is against the Giants. And if they – have a letdown game against the Ravens. Maybe they bounce back. So it's kind of a win-win. I'm kind of betting against myself in a way, putting financial uh, opportunity above my happiness quotient. It's always a it's always a struggle for NFL fans. Yeah. Although I mean, the Browns could win both games. They could lose both games. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if the Browns lost to both those teams. Although the Giants obviously need to do a lot better offensively if they're going to beat up anybody next week, let alone the Browns. We're pretty good. Well, your quarterback was clearly hurt. Yeah, clearly hurt. Um, but there's a lot. There's a lot that went into that game. That I think that was the first time that because because suddenly the Giants are in the mix. Before it's not really a factor. Like you're not really judging the team that much when you're losing seven consecutive games or whatever it is, but. Yesterday was the first time I watched uh, Giants football this season and was like, oh, right, Jason Garrett's our offensive coordinator. They just seemed like they came out, had no plan whatsoever in attacking the Cardinals defense. They get sacked a total of, you know, so much pressure on the quarterback, seven sacks overall between Jones and Colt McCoy. And you could say, oh, maybe – Daniel Jones gets out of the couple of those if he's healthy and if he can move, but they were also just dominating us offensively on the offensive line. And the last few weeks it's been the Wayne Gallman show and us running the ball down people's throats. And then we go out there and we're like, yeah, we're, we're not going to run the ball. Let's, they, let's let them pin their ears back and let them have their way with a, you know, less than good pass rush, uh, pass protection. So you know, that was the first time where I was like, God damn, Jason Garrett, could you have a fucking plan? Yeah. Because last week their plan their last week their plan was like, let's play ugly and let's run the ball and keep it low scoring and just try to win a game, you know, 14-13, which I almost feel like has to be the strategy every week at this point. Um, and if you get more points out of the offense, great. But like this idea that you're gonna let the quarterback drop back a bunch and just take hit after hit. Like at some point you got to make an adjustment. Yeah. Well, I was worried after the card. I wasn't worried. I was like, I, you know, I texted you. I thought the Cardinals going for it on fourth. I didn't like that call. They don't get it, but obviously they still blow them out. Yeah. And that's why I picked the Cardinals. They had already lost three in a row and I didn't think they were going to lose four in a row. And they're back in the playoffs now, man. They got that seven seed. Because yep. Minnesota lost, and they won, and, and now they're back in the thick of it. And I called. I, I backed into it. I called it, and then I was scared, but I backed into it. Hey, the Eagles won, man. They upset them. And I just don't know how you're an Eagles fan now or anybody who who knows anything about football or ever talks about football that you can't put a lot of that Carson Wentzing on Carson Wentz. Everybody is like – afraid to 
kind of call him out. Like there's just people who are like Carson Wentz has been playing bad, but from the coaching staff to the organization, to Eagles fans, to whatever, like the bottom line is, and as a Giants fan, it makes me very happy. Like this whole thing is right. But like now you almost have to go with Hertz down the stretch. You almost have to. And Carson Wentz is a $128 million clipboard holder. His contract hasn't even started yet. What a mess. And people are already talking about what you do with Carson Wentz, who you trade him to. What team wants to trade for Carson Wentz and his contract? Like literally what team? I can't tell you one. Name a single team. Who wants to trade for Carson Wentz? The Bears? How many guys, how many quarterbacks can you pay for the Bears? It's not like Jalen Hurts played a great game because he didn't. But there was a but couple things. He he, he knew, ran the ball well. He knew. The bottom line is he, Carson Wentz is bad, has been bad. Jalen Hurts in that game, the difference between him and Carson Wentz, or how Carson Wentz has been playing, I should say, is Hurts had composure. Exactly. He ran, he ran when he needed to. He got rid of the ball when he needed to. Yeah. I believe he didn't take any sacks. He obviously but sparked the- what do you mean you didn't take any sacks andy i've been told that the eagles problem is they can't protect carson wentz so you can't tell me that a just a quarterback change is going to completely overhaul an offensive line oh wait it will well look their o-line isn't good i i do no, think their no line isn't good but i i just thought hurts again and i think we both thought he was going to provide a spark for the defense who by the way has played overall pretty good this season yeah. As a as a unit, the defense has played pretty good, but I, I knew he would provide that spark. The question was, is he going to have the bad passes, the bad throws, take the 10-yard sack losses, and he didn't. Listen, and, the, the Eagles have been bad. The Eagles have three wins. So every win, if you're the Eagles. I think that was their fourth. Right. They had three wins. Oh, okay. So every win this week, doesn't matter who you beat, is turning things around. You have three wins coming into the weekend. But to beat the one seed Saints who hadn't lost X amount of games, who hadn't given up a hundred yards rusher in 25 games or whatever it was, like you beat the best team in the NFC. And yeah. you beat the best team in the NFC after making a quarterback change to a rookie away from a quarterback who's leading everybody in every turnover stat, in every sack stat, in whatever. Like Eagles and Eagles fans, your only problem right now is that you gave Carson Wentz $128 million. Well, if look, Carson Wentz had a reasonable contract, then you don't really have a quarterback situation. You figure it out. You figure out in the offseason who your best quarterback is. And that's what right. it was. Right. Carson Wentz was a, a regrettable purchase. We've, all, we've right. all done them in life, right? We've all made that buy where a few months in or a year later, you're thinking, man, I shouldn't have spent all that money on that car or that new gadget. I kind of need that money. And that's, that's, they have buyer's remorse. Carson Wentz is full buyer's remorse. And honestly, the, here's the, the biggest problem with the Carson Wentz contract is the Carson Wentz contract has been bad since day one because he was injury prone. This, this is now, there's now, you know, in his career, there's now six different reasons why Carson Wentz doesn't play December football games. Necks, legs, arms, Jalen Hurts. Like, dude, the dude doesn't play in December. He's got one season where I think he's played December football games, two seasons where he's played December football games. I mean, last year he gets knocked out in the play. Like 
The guy has injury problems. I mean, there was you go back to the point in the Eagles franchise history where they had a quarterback controversy. We have to choose a quarterback in the, of the future. Do we choose to pay somebody very little money who's the reigning Super Bowl MVP and has a 14-inch dick? Or do we pay a lot of money to that guy over there in two arm casts and a Bass Pro Shop hat? Motherfuckers, what were you thinking? Just on a money-saving level, you have a guy you know you can win the Super Bowl with and you don't have to pay him. Well, this tweet says it all. I don't know if you saw this from uh, Joe Giglio. Sure. He's a, uh, this looks like he's a Philly guy, Philly sports guy. This tweet says, it really says it all. And, and the comments or the tweets un, or the responses under it also say it all about Eagles fans. They all, this, every comment under it has an eagle, a flying eagle in the, its screen. The defense, the defense of, I don't get the Carson Wentz defense. Stop. If you're an Eagles fan. Look, I don't have a stake in this. Because they don't want to realize that their cap, salary cap and everything is on fire. And they have, they're paying a backup. Who wants to pay a backup quarterback back $128 million? And the contract hasn't started. This is the tweet. Doug Peterson, when Carson Wentz starts, is 35-33-1. Doug Peterson, when Carson Wentz doesn't start, 11-3. End of story. Facts don't lie, people. Look, I have no problem with Carson Wentz as a person, but they're not winning games when he's in there. And then I'm looking at all the replies, all just angry Eagles fans. Because Doug Peterson doesn't call a good game when Wentz is in there, but he suddenly calls a good game, whether it's Nick Foles or Jalen Hurts or whoever. Guys. I mean, imagine even writing that. Why are, you, why, why are you defending it? These are factual evidence. Carson Wentz isn't winning games with you guys. When he's not in there, you're winning games. Don't you want – take me through this thought process if I'm an Eagles fan. Don't you want to win games? If your boy Wentz is in there, you're not winning games. It's almost like Eagles fans don't want that Super Bowl because he didn't win it. Like, like why, are we, why are we standing so hard for a guy who doesn't get us Ws? I, I, I don't understand that thought process. Andy, listen. I don't, I don't need to understand it. I don't want to understand it. I'm a New York football fan. I hate the Philadelphia Eagles, and I hate all of their fans. And the whole thing makes me happy. I hope you keep both of them. In fact, I think you guys, like, look who, look, Jalen Hurts is winning games. Give him $150 million. Have you guys thought about having $250 million quarterbacks just to see what happens? No team has tried it. You guys probably should. I'm all for it, honestly. It's, it's always Pats or Geno's, Pats or Geno's. I think Carson or Jalen. Have all of Philly divided, have them on the same sideline, the same way you have those two cheesesteak places on the same corner, and have the whole city arguing over which is better. And the answer is gyms, you know? The answer is a third one that isn't there, that isn't even in the same thing, and that's probably the right answer. The right answer at quarterbacks, probably neither of them for the Eagles. But great. I love the whole city on fire arguing over which one of these isn't or is the right answer. I'm a Giants fan. I love it. In fact, one thing is for sure. It's not Doug Peterson, guys. Whatever happens, don't give up on Doug Peterson. Keep Doug Peterson. It's definitely a quarterback problem. You guys just have to figure out which quarterback is the problem. 
and his fourth down calls are atrocious. And he got he's a couple. He's the worst. He's he the got worst. a couple. He got a couple of them yesterday. But this, again, the stats don't lie. They showed it. His fourth down. His fourth down conversions from like 2019 to 2020. I'm sorry. The first couple years was like 54. percent They're down to like 38. percent they're yeah. just not working. Honestly, and even early on, they were bad. If you just just take out the Super Bowl season where every idiotic call went his way in some sort of magical deal with the devil, um, I'm sure they're atrocious. Yeah, but I guys, just don't... I promise that's not the problem. And the answer for at quarterback is on your sideline. Pay Jalen Hurts, lock him up. You don't want him going somewhere else. Lock him up. Invest. Good teams need quarterbacks. You should have two of them. You know what it is? You know what I think it is? It's the camo. They're like, Carson Wentz has the camo. I'm going to root for Carson. It's the arm sleeve camo. I mean, if you want to talk about a divide in Eagles fandom, the guys who like Carson Wentz wearing camo, they also don't like Jalen Hurts for a reason. I don't know what it is. If I can figure it out, I'll let you know. But there's something about everything they like about Carson Wentz and his digi camo. And his Bass Pro Shop hat. There's something about Jalen Hurts that rubs them the wrong way. We'll figure it out. I'll do yeah. an investigation. I'll do a, a deep dive. Cool, cool. Get back to me on that. Yeah. Because of his mediocre game, I'm just going to call it mediocre, Patrick Mahomes, and because he played a great game, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to put Aaron Rodgers just a, just a slight, slightly above Patrick Mahomes for that MVP. I mean, this week was certainly a big boost for his MVP campaign, right? I mean, he goes four touchdowns, has a, has a pretty solid game. Doesn't throw, doesn't throw a pick or throws one pick. Doesn't throw a pick. No, he didn't throw any picks. And, and he threw three touchdowns. Three. Okay. So yeah, I mean, as far as the race goes, and again, I think Patrick Holmes is the best quarterback in the league at this point, but who's more valuable to their team. I think it might be Aaron Rodgers. If I had a vote, which I don't, I'd vote for Aaron Rodgers. So Patrick Mahomes leads the NFL and, and leads by a lot as far as passing yards. Aaron Rodgers leads in touchdown passes. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers is 39 touchdowns to four interceptions. Mahomes, 33 touchdowns to five interceptions. I mean, they're both playing great. Yeah. And what's their difference in yardage? And I'm sure Rodgers is not second. No, Rodgers is fourth. It's, uh, it's under six. It's about five hundred and fifty. And but just let's talk. I mean, weaponry wise, I mean, uh, Travis Kelsey's leading the NFL in receiving. It's not even fair. I mean, that game they get a punt return from Nicole Hardman. Like the the weapons they have, the speed, the speed that the Chiefs have. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if they put up 50 points in, like, an AFC championship game. No. But as far as a balanced attack, you know, the Packers, from the other side of things, they can run the ball. They can pass it. Like, they're going to be – they're obviously going to be a tough out. The, the NFC is so interesting to me because Drew Brees has been hurt, right? So now he's going to come back off the injury – I feel I just feel like the NFC is so up in the air. I agree. To take take even the Rams. I want to talk about the Rams for a minute. That Rams defense is a Super Bowl defense, in my opinion. I think they're that good. Yeah, I think they're very good. The question is, 
can they sustain an offense with Jared Goff? That's, I mean, look, we do a lot of quarterback talk on this podcast and, you know, some people might argue it's too much quarterback talk. You're not, you know, factoring how important a defense is, how important a running game. It's like in the end, that guy gets handed the ball every snap. The entire offense runs through that person one way or the other. Really, what, like, look at what we're talking about in terms of who really can contend for a Super Bowl. It's like, well, we know the Chiefs can. The Saints, well, they have their starting quarterback back. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers can contend for a Super Bowl. How well can Josh Allen play? Are they that good? Like Ben Roethlisberger, we've seen he he can you know win a Super Bowl. So how good can their defense play? How good? Blah, blah, blah. Like can Baker Mayfield win four playoff games? Like it? Like a lot of times it comes down to simply how good is your quarterback? Well, in the playoffs, that's all that matters. Yeah, I mean it's not all that matters. Uh, uh, but, yeah, it's not. But all, it, it is a major factor. I mean, we debated it last Super Bowl, right? Are there certain plays in that game that a different quarterback makes that Garoppolo missed, which, you know, it's one play here and there. It's been, These games come down to two to three plays. They really do, especially in the playoffs. They come down to a couple plays, whether you do or don't execute them. And I agree with you. It comes down to quarterback play. And to me, that's, what's, that's, how, the, that's how the NFC is going to shape up. That's why I look at a team like the Rams and you watch that Thursday night game and they absolutely dominate the Patriots, and you say, God, this defense is so good. This is like a kind of like a Bears defense maybe. I don't know. When they went to the Super Bowl under Lovey Smith and they played the Colts where they're very dominant, they don't give up points. But then you look at Jared Goff and you say, how much can you get out of him? Now they got enough out of him a couple of years ago to make the Super Bowl. Right, but they didn't win it. And they scored how many points in that Super Bowl? Three. So that defense played fine. Yeah. And you know, then, like, and th- th- that's the thing that you say all the time about the Rex Grossman got carried by his defense and Eli Manning got carried by his defense and, you know, Russell Wilson got carried by his defense and all those things. But like in the end, you got to show up and you got to make plays and you got to win football games in, yeah. you got to win that football game. So Eli Manning can be carried by his defense all he wanted. He still had to, he still has two Super Bowl MVPs. Trent Dilfer could carry by his defense all he wanted. He played a good Super Bowl game. He played a real good Super Bowl game. And Derek Goff got carried by his defense and didn't play a good Super Bowl game. Yeah. And Rex Grossman got carried by his defense and didn't play a good Super Bowl game. You know, the NFC, like I said, to me is kind of a crapshoot, which I love because I think there's a lot of good teams, a lot of quarterbacks who can get hot. You know, take Seattle. Seattle's defense is playing better. Russell Wilson had a bad stretch. Like, can he step it up? Because then if he steps it up, suddenly, are they a decent team? You know what well, I'm that's saying? What, that's why when you talk about the Rams, I almost think that the Rams are susceptible to being beaten by teams that are not as good as them across both sides of the ball, but do have a better quarterback situation. Like, I don't think a Rams-Cardinals playoff matchup is a surefire Rams win no. or a, or a Rams-Seahawks matchup because 
uh, to steal to steal a phrase from Tug Coker on the golf course, the quarterback play on the other thing is more dynamic. Yeah. So Jamal Adams became the he came the he, he sets the record now, which is a crazy record. He's the most sacks for a DB in NFL history. Did you see that? I did. Yeah, because he's you know he is a sort of a tweener player. They line him up everywhere. He basically plays linebacker. Uh, for a lot of the game, but I am surprised that I'm not that surprised. I mean, he's been legit at that his entire career. He's, he's so good coming off the ball and going and getting the quarterback. But I mean, there's we're we still have a couple games left in the season. And the idea that he's, you know, better than a lot of guys that, that played similar styles, like a Troy Palomalu. Like, I don't even know who he, who, who held the record for the season. It was eight. Now he has eight and a half. I don't know. Yeah. But what's crazy, to bring it back to the Jets, I mean, dude, that's right. Like, he's a great player. He has helped that defense, and obviously he got hurt, and that's when they struggled. If you look at them, they struggled. I think he missed three games. They, they were giving up points left and right. How can the Jets – like, I just don't get how you can give away a guy like a Jamal Adams. You really – it's really unacceptable except in the – except in the, like, we – you know, we, we will give him up and get draft picks because we have a rebuild. But like at some point, the rebuild has to start somewhere. The idea that you're starting and I, and I hate it and I hate it for Trevor Lawrence. Not that I'm like a Trevor Lawrence fan or anything. Um, but like the idea that you're just going to go full bottom out, let's start with a quarterback. That's not the best way to win. Cause once you figure it out, it's going to take you a couple years to figure out. You've already got to pay that quarterback. The best yeah. thing to do is start building a team, still be bad, get a quarterback who immediately makes you decent, maybe win a Super Bowl under that rookie contract, which, you know, if you have a Jamal Adams type, you've got, a, you've got an all-pro player on the defense, you get an all-pro potentially player on your offense, you're well on your way. I mean, look at, the, look at the Rams. I mean, they went to a Super Bowl and it was Aaron Donald, Build the whole thing around Aaron Donald, and we'll figure the fucking rest out of it. Yeah. By the way, it was Adrian Wilson from the Cardinals he broke it from. If if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I just I, I can't I can't do it, man. I can't go to the Jets. Like the, these guys have to realize it's the same thing I said about Burrow. This isn't you are a business yourself. You're a business. You're, well, you're when you when you think about it that way. If you come in. And you're halfway decent for the Jets. Your value is a lot higher than it is if you're, you know, the best player on the Bears. I know. It's I'm still, just. It's still New York. I'm. It is still New York. It's the. It's the media capital of the world. I, I'm just thinking. Okay, you have a good point there. Marketability, commercials, endorsements. I'm just saying I mean, you're not I, you're not I, seeing I Sam Darnold you're not seeing Sam Darnold in any commercials right now. Well, Sam Darnold isn't very good. And the you're Jets seeing- aren't very good. But I agree with you. The other question then becomes like who where do you want to go if you're Trevor Lawrence because the quarterback situation in a lot of places are, is filling up. And some of them maybe, you know, recklessly. Sure, if you're Trevor Lawrence, would you love to be the Rams quarterback with Sean McVay in the second biggest market 
in America and be, you know, have all the media that comes with living LA. Sure. But just like the Wentz deal with the Eagles, like the Rams made that golf deal and they got to live with it one way or the other. Let's see how that goes in the playoffs. Like we just talked about. Yeah. Where, where do you go? You want to be in Jacksonville? I, at this point, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if I take Jacksonville over the Jets. Yeah, I don't know. I have a feeling Trevor Trevor Lawrence and his, you know, his QAnon stuff isn't going to go over great when they move the Jaguars to London. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't believe in this stuff. QAnon. Wait, wait, why are you making Trevor Lawrence a member of the QAnon? Which Trevor Lawrence wasn't Trevor Lawrence Mister Anti COVID until he got COVID. It's all a hoax. No, he America. Just, he just wanted to play. I don't think he was yeah. anti COVID or a hoax. You think he just wanted to play? I mean, has, fo- which, did, didn't they have football lives matter shirts down there? The head coach did Dabo. Yeah, dude. The did college football man. That's just one giant LOL to me at this point. God, who are these people who care about it? Who are these people? I keep saying it. People, people in states that don't have professional football teams. Or decent professional football teams, for that matter. Ohio. But Browns are up and coming. Yeah. Bengals, not so much. The, dude, the, the Bengals, it is such a joy to watch the Bengals, how bad they are. I mean, they had a butt fumble, a straight-up butt fumble, which I put out. The tailback fumbled off the O-lineman's butt. Yeah. They had three fumbles in the first 15 minutes of the game. No, they're bad. They're bad. You, you talk about an organization that is just going nowhere. If I'm Joe Burrow, I, am, I, I have so much remorse about going to the Bengals. It is bad. I saw a local article here. I think we have a solution. It'll never happen, ever. But here's the solution for the Cincinnati Bengals and the Mike Brown problem. So the lease currently runs through the city through 2026. The city's so fed up. It's arguably the worst stadium lease deal as far as for the taxpayers in the history, they say. Like, we're paying for all this, right? We got the short end of it. But like, as far as the way it was worded, one of the worst deals ever. So 2026, the Bengals are here through that. This guy's article said they need to go the full Green Bay route. It'll never happen. The taxpayers of Hamilton County, where Cincinnati is located, we all need to buy the team and become shareholders. Like, that's the only out. Yeah. Solid, solid play. I mean, it's not going to. I mean, is any smart financial investor being like, give me a lot of stocks of the Bengals? I mean, you're not going to make money. No. But, okay, let's say the Bengals are valued at, two billion dollars which i think is what they are there's what there's a couple million people in greater cincinnati dude everybody chips in 10 bucks and is my math right on that or is it 100 bucks i mean 100 bucks i i i don't know i don't know how like what is what is a share doesn't a share of the packers isn't the share of the packers like a couple thousand dollars is it i think so but i'm not positive 500 bucks, something like that. I put in Packers shares, and the first thing that came up is Packers shares are worthless. (laughs) (laughs) 
Macros are the last time they sold them was for two hundred fifty dollars a share. Okay. Yeah, the Green Bay Packers are the only publicly owned NFL team which we knew, but the shares the Pack fans shell out are virtually worthless. Yeah, so city screwed, man. I, you know, I don't know what to tell these people. Just don't support. That's all you gotta do. I'm in the th- I'm in the thick of it, Prano. It's 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 just I, I I can't even do the local paper. I can't do the like I do do it because I subscribe, but like the opinions. Oh my god. I I think I could GM the Bengals better with zero experience. Legit. What would your first move be? Like right now? Yeah. Moving forward, fire the coach. Pay pay money to get a decent name coach, a coach who has either credibility or somebody who's coming up in the ranks. Like a, and I know they're not easy to find, but uh, a great coordinator like a Sean McVay. Or I mean, there was Hammer. there was moments of competence with Joe Burrow and the Bengals this year because of Joe Burrow. Yeah. But I'm saying that's you know that's a combination of Joe Burrow and and the head coach. It's no, no, it's all it's all Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow's that good. I think you're seeing the same thing in Los Angeles. I think Justin Herbert is that good that he's covering up all the awful play calling or decisions by Anthony Lynn, who they can't even get a fucking field goal on the. I mean, that was unbelievable. I mean, Joe, that's coaching. And then the the coaching is after he's like throwing I don't know who under the bus. Did you see? Is like we just can't run the ball there. Well, you're the head coach of the football team. I didn't see that. They were just like about that. He's like, well, just that situation. You know, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. This you just can't run the football in that situation. It's like, who are you talking about? You are the head coach. Like, who's behind you? You know how you always call like Bill O'Brien and Mike McCarthy boobs? Yeah. I think we need like a boob rankings. We do. We rank our quarterbacks by pizza sizes. Jared yeah. Goff's medium pizza. Patrick Mahomes, supreme, extra large, whatever you want on it. We need to like Anthony Lynn right now is if we're charting the boob rankings for NFL coaches. Is he, he, is he the biggest boob standing? He's the biggest boob who has a job right now, in my opinion. Yeah. The Chargers are a debacle. And they won. And they won because whatever's happening in Atlanta is also a debacle. I was counting Atlanta, bet Atlanta I was counting on them at least covering that game. They, they ended up being dogs in the end and God, Atlanta. I mean, I've, they've been ruining I, you I've, for I've, about four years, dude. I don't longer than that, man. I mean, I can think back to high school and college when, you know, Atlanta was killing my parlays. I don't know. I like, I got some, like, I wish you could set the internet gambling things to not let you bet certain teams. It's like, no matter what happens, this fraudulent. If I bet, if I bet the Atlanta Falcons, you give the Bucks any chance of making noise in the playoffs? Making noise, yes. Making the Super Bowl, no. Everybody, I, there, there's just all these people that want to say like, when they got it going right, the Bucks are going to be tough to beat. They're going to put it, and and listen, I'm on the, you know, like. Tom Brady realist campaign uh, longer and earlier than everybody. Like this idea that 43 year old Tom Brady 
who's never been good against the pass rush is going to is going to you know survive four playoff games with a Bucks team that doesn't have Bill Belichick. Like I just like absolutely not. To me, I'm saying absolutely not. Think they're you know where are the Bucks in the NFC playoff rankings? Like I don't have the Bucks ahead of the Rams. Yeah, I don't either. So where like what like of all the teams that are going to make an NFC playoffs, like who do you give the Bucks a better chance of making the Super Bowl then? The NFC East team? The Seahawks? The Maybe Seattle. I mean, they're right next to each other. The Bucks are a sixth seed. You, you know, if the playoffs started today, the Bucks first round would be at the Rams. Right. But but again, it comes back to quarterback play. So there's our discussion. Like yeah, but you know what also comes back to quarterback play is like Aaron Donald's going to get to Tom Brady. And that was a tough Super Bowl on when he was a Patriot. I have, I like a Bucks at Rams game. Could they win it? Yeah. But then that's their making noise to me. You would put your money on the Rams. Yes. I don't know if I would just yet. And I know what you're saying. I mean, they held, they held Brady to three points after three quarters in that Super Bowl. But they just played a couple weeks ago, too. Yeah, I don't know. Did any, any aspect of that game make you think that the Bucs could beat the Rams? Tom Brady in the playoffs does. It's like, it's just a, it's just a facade. But it's not. You guys got 30 career. Tom Brady has 30 career playoff the wins. Patriots. Okay, fine. But he's 30 career playoff wins. You know who's next? You know who's next in that list? How far Tom Brady is ahead? Joe Montana, I think. It's 16. Six. Tom Brady's almost doubled up the next highest for playoff wins. Now, if we do playoff wins by coaches, how big a discrepancy is there between Bill Belichick and Bruce Arians? Bigger, bigger or smaller? I mean, do you think there's a bigger discrepancy between Tom Brady playoff wins and Jared Goff playoff wins or Bill Belichick playoff wins and Bruce Arians playoff wins? I don't, I don't know how to answer that, but I do know I would, I put my money on the Bucks. Maybe it's me being a Tom Brady guy. I'd still trust. My, my point is with Tom Brady, if Tom Brady, this will be Tom Brady's Super Bowl. Tom Brady wins a playoff game with the Bucs on the road. Tom Brady, he's done it again. 43, how's he doing it? He's a legend, the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Then he'll get sacked five times by a Saints defense. They'll lose by, you know, 25 points. And we'll all go, well, they were outmanned. I guess he did need to Bill Belichick after all. This will be the whole storyline. We're going to do this the whole time. I would put, like, the Tampa Bay Bucks versus the field to make it the, the NFC, to make it to the Super Bowl. It's like, I'll put everything I have, and I'll take money. I'll take, get out a loan. Okay, so do this real quick, and then we'll wrap up the NFL discussion. We did it for the AFC. We got to do it for the NFC. Right now, the standings are... Packers, Saints, Rams, Washington, Seattle, Bucks, Cardinals, and Vikings come in out at eight. Give me who you like. It doesn't have to be in that order that they're listed to make the Super Bowl. I do like Packers, Saints, Rams, I guess. 
Bucks slash Seattle, Arizona, and the NFC East team. Okay. That's where I have that's where I have the Bucks right now. Yeah. The Bucks and Seattle. Gotcha. You have them on the same kind of wavelength. And I liked I liked Arizona being like a sneaky team to beat somebody. Like I almost think the Arizona and the Bucks and Seattle are the same thing. Like all those teams have the ability to upset any of the teams. Like Arizona or the Bucks or the or the Cardinals could beat whoever they play in the first round. But I just don't think any of those teams are good enough to do it for four consecutive games, three consecutive games. Sure. I don't think any of those teams could have what it takes to make the Super Bowl. Now, both, you know, if two of those teams do that in the first round, like things can get messed up in the playoffs very easily, you know, but you look at, again, recent history and it's been, obviously there's been two buys, but in recent history, if you're not the one seed or the two seed, you're not going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. That's what I'm excited about. They, Tom they, Brady, and also in Tom Brady's career, I know again, it's not, it's not a regular season, but how many, how many times in his career has Tom Brady won two road playoff games in the same season? Zero, zero times. I'm gonna guess zero. Maybe early on they were. Uh, Again, though, I you know I, I I do think no fans is a huge equalizer. No fans is a huge equalizer. No fans the other direction is a huge equalizer as well, though, right? Like, it wasn't just that he wasn't playing on the he was playing a home game. It's hard to win in Foxborough. True. We'll we'll see how it plays out, Joe. We got we got three more weeks of football and then playoffs. Here we come. All right, let's transition to some baseball news. Big news out of Cleveland yesterday. The Cleveland Indians will no longer be called the Cleveland Indians. Was this 105 years, something like that, 103, like 105? That. Yeah. And it was a tough, tough weekend for some fans. I mean, there were some fans on Saturday who had to deal with a female kicking an extra point in a college football game, and then on Sunday get hit with, the Cleveland baseball team is no longer going to be named after the Indians, which were falsely named after like Native Americans. Like there's so much. And to me, my issue is just like, who, like I actually at this point believe that all of those people are bots like dirt balls. I, I say this to you. It could be, I say this to you and with like with complete and total honesty. I do not wish to have a Joey no chill screaming telling you sell, telling you to kill yourself conversation. If you support if or I should say if you oppose the Cleveland Indians no longer being the Cleveland Indians. Please reach out to us. Like I got to hear from well, well, someone's mouth like well, a legitimate calm reason on why like who who are you well let me just read my tweet and then uh, some of the exchanges because i i think I, I went in like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be angry i'm gonna like have a discussion with people so i tweeted this last night kind of what you said basically because that's my stance i said so some people are mad cleveland is changing their team nickname 
which was named for a group of people that weren't even from India and shouldn't have even been called Indians in the first place. So my stance is this, guys. This is not a woke issue. I don't want to hear that, and I'm sick of hearing that. And any idiot pundit or commentator who's calling this woke, it's not a woke issue for me. This is a, geogra this is a geographical issue. From the start, people, a group of people was mislabeled and misnamed. They were not from India. I don't know why this is so difficult for people to understand. When people came to colonize the Americas. I think everybody knows the, no, <laughs> the, no, tale, wanna, of the tale of Native Americans. But I want to, no, I feel like people don't know. Or maybe let me refresh people's hazy memory. They came and they thought they had sailed around to India, the country. So they labeled Native Americans Indians. They're not Indians. They're Native Americans. And it's we've been, by the way, we've been calling them that for 30 years in the United States. Yeah. Like we, we did this in the not woke 90s. 90s. I in the 90s, like, you know, I mean, think about, think about how everything has changed. I mean, go, go back now and look at the words people used in stand-up comedy in the 90s. Look at Eminem songs in the early 2000s. Like, we, it was not woke. And in the 90s, we started this process. In the 90s. I specifically in the 90s. remember in grade school. So this is a long, but my other problem is, who cares? I don't care. Like, I don't care if the Mets change their name tomorrow. I don't care if the, like, look at, I wear, I support my teams. Okay. And, and you know, I'm lucky enough that I guess that I'm from New York and that my New York, like, Everything I wear, like you catch me in Giants gear. Yeah, I have some stuff that say the Giants, but most of it, you catch me wearing a New York hat, it's NY. You catch me wearing my Giants stuff, it's NY. Like the Knicks push Knicks more than they push New York, but like it's a city thing. Like that's the important part. They're not saying we're going to make them the state formerly known as Ohio's, Cleveland, whatever's. You're still Cleveland. And honestly, this made me think about it, and I, I'm sure there are going to be like English soccer fans or European soccer fans who correct me and tell me each of these teams do have a mascot and blah, blah, blah. But like when you see box scores from soccer, you don't see Bears, you know, Eagles. You see the city names always. It's Man United. It's, it's Roma. It's Munich. It's whatever. Like – we're not talking about whatever silly animal they've decided to represent them, let alone a uh, race of people that were, again, mislabeled. Like, who cares? I, I don't think Washington football team should have a mascot. Be the Washington football team. Just like the every soccer team is the so-and-so football club. Be the Cleveland baseball club. We need to now, now we need to, like, have some scientists figure out what the most common animal in the Cleveland area is so that they can be the spiders. And it's like, who cares to what sell merch? Look, I, I have no problem with the a nickname. I, I do like having a nickname, a team mascot. I like that. 
Look, it's, for it's a guy on the sideline in a fluffy outfit, like, but what do you like about that? I like it. I think it's part you of watch, it. You, you wearing you like? Are you wearing some heavy tigers merch for the Bengals back in the day? You wearing a lot of tiger stripes? It's like, but I think a lot of people do, Joe. Like you can take that angle. That, that like that's not my thing. I I, I like I, my point. I, is, I like that my high if school. Was, ma- if your mascot is trash, like. Who does it hurt to remove it? The soul of the team is still there. I, I think, again, a lot of this is so misguided. And we, we keep saying, I, I'm against a lot of the cancel culture. Joe's a lot, against a lot. But again, this, this, is not, this isn't cancel culture when something was mislabeled. And I went back and forth with somebody because I don't care. But if you're going to be called the Cleveland Indians... Make somebody who looks like Gandhi your mascot. Because guess what? Gandhi was from India. And, and this is the truth. I, I don't care. And, and then somebody, I was going back and forth with somebody. But it wasn't, his, it wasn't changed because it was wrong. It was changed because it was offensive. Somebody, somebody said to me, and I've seen this a lot on the responses from people. They only had 100 years to change it. That's the literally. I can't think of a worse argument. It's a terrible argument. Guess guess what used to be a common word. Uh, a lot of bad words that we don't use anymore. But also, they had a hundred years to change it, and then they finally do. Like next year, you could say they had a hundred and one years to change it. So at some point, like, would it have been better if it was like you had eighty years to change it, and you changed it in the nineties when everybody realized that it should be changed? So what, what's your argument that you fucked up for so long? Yeah. It's the most flawed argument ever. It's like, I've been a shitty person for 40 years. Imagine getting pulled over on the highway and somebody being like, your tire's flat. It's like, I had two miles to change it. At this point, I'm just flat tire guy. I'm not changing my tire. Yeah. What an idiotic argument. I've been cheating on my wife for 40 years. Hey, you had all those years to change and not cheat. No, I'm just going to keep you, doing you, it. You have lung cancer. Well, I had 40 years to quit smoking. I'll just keep smoking. But I'm seeing this a lot. And again, if this is not cancel culture, this was a, a wrong name, which was labeled wrong, which was changed in the 90s. I just want to hear from one decently well-spoken person that has like literally any argument i will let me just say this put it on reddit slide in our dms what like i will have you on the show for a conversation because i need to hear from somebody and and we will out trolls that are just trying to get on the show but like i need to have a conversation with somebody's like here's why it's important that they stay the indians there isn't an argument there's not an argument. What is the reason that it's important to stay the Indians? The Hornets became the Bobcats, became the Hornets again. The Lakers, there's not a fucking lake in Los Angeles. Like, like these, t- Utah are the Jazz. Yeah, Jazz, which is none of this stuff means anything. Well, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm looking in YouTube right now, and I'm gonna read one of the comments. Because I think this person makes a point that a lot of the people do worry about. From Maximilian says, the name should the name should be changed. I just know the people opposed to the name change 
because fe- they fear a slippery slope political correctness slash censorship. I-, I think that's what people are worried about. But again, my response to that would be, it was already labeled the wrong group of people from the start. So, so now we're going to continue this caricature, which they finally got rid of, of like a big buck toothed Native American, which is definitely offensive. Like you can't say that wasn't offensive. And also look like, you know how long ago most of these teams at lower levels did this? Like the St. John's Redmen have been the Red Storm for 20-something years now. They didn't then go, oh, we got to talk about the, the Seton Hall Pirates. I mean, is this some sort of Somalian reference? I mean, if we're going to change the Redmen, we've got to really go through the entire Big East. What is a Hoya? Can we talk about it? I mean, should, you know, should dogs, there's so many dogs without homes. Should dogs be called, like, look at the Big East, man. Look at places where they've done this. No one lost their damn minds. Yeah. That was 20 years ago. And the same thing here, man. Miami, Miami, Ohio used to be the Redskins. They're the Red Hawks. They changed when I was maybe in high school, maybe in seventh or eighth grade. We're talking 90s again. This, this notion, I would argue back to any of these people who say it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope the other way. Like th- this notion that it's not, it's, it's apples to oranges when you're talking about certain woke stuff and then this. Again, this, this was just a name that was wrong. It was geographically wrong. I don't, I don't, know, who, I don't know what your argument back could be. So, so let's just play it out. Somebody says tradition. I say, well, your tradition was milked in somebody being labeled the wrong type of person. So your tradition, yeah, your tradition was, sucks. Your tradition was false. Also, tradi- your, tra- your tradition just straight up sucks. Also, guess what? You're the Cleveland fucking Indians. It's not going to be really hard to climb up the poles at the stadium and change all the world championship titles that you guys have to say the Cleveland Baseball Club, because guess what? You fucking suck. You should take this opportunity to have an entire new tradition because your old tradition fucking stinks. Sucks so bad they made two movies out of it. Your fucking tradition stinks. Here's a the Major League Baseball's granting you guys a clean slate. We can stop saying what team hasn't won a World Series since before the first Thanksgiving when we misnamed them Indians. The Cleveland Indians fucking suck. Take this opportunity and start a new tradition where the Cleveland Spiders don't fucking suck. Gotta go steamers, man. The Cleveland steamers. Yeah. It's less offensive, honestly. I gotta add one I mean, tradition. The tr- a tradition argument. Can you imagine fighting saying, for the tradition? I'm saying people will argue that. I'm looking at. I'm trying to look at from their side. I know, but I'm telling. I'm just saying. Could you could you imagine being so out of touch with the Cleveland Indians tradition and, that you're arguing you need to keep their tradition? And for the and for the record, it's like a it's like a it's like a restaurant going out of business because it had roaches, and being like, we're gonna keep the name. We got new ownership. We're gonna keep the name. You're known as the Roach 
restaurant. You're the Cleveland Indians. You are synonymous with failure. My favorite, though, is the change one. I, I, I have to go back to that for a second. Guys, for the most part, change is good. Like, I'm going to toss out a crazy idea. Change in any sort of life is good. I think it expands your horizons. It makes you think outside the box. Change is good for all people, whether that's change of a job, dating. what Like, this notion that why change now? You shouldn't be stagnant in your life. You should challenge things. You should challenge how you feel. And that, that plays into this. Like, you don't want to be the old person who just has never changed. You don't. And, and also, they've already gone through the process, and it's been better. I have news for Cleveland, formerly Indians fans. I have, I have news for fans of the Cleveland Baseball Club. When you got rid of Chief Wahoo and you went with the Sea Hats, they're so much better. They're so much better. You guys look like assholes before. Now you have dope hats. Change can be really good. It was really great for your hats. It's really great for your uniforms. Don't worry. Don't worry. When we put up the statistics during October baseball every year to show how long it's been, the 200 years, they've, they invented automobiles since you guys won a fucking World Series. We'll put up... We'll put up Cleveland Indians slash whatever. Don't worry. We'll make sure that the Indians get recognition for being the dumpster fire franchise that they have been for over a century. Don't worry. We'll protect your tra- tradition of, of lunacy. I just keep thinking of Fiddler on the Roof tradition. That's Fiddler on the Roof, right? I have no idea what you're talking about. You have no, no clue? I saw Fiddler on... I saw a... Uh, isn't that a, hey, it's Hanukkah. Fiddler on the like Roof. A, I saw a high school performance of Fiddler on the Roof when I was like 10. Otherwise, I, I know re- movie and TV references to it. Yeah, we had to watch it in high school. <laughs> That's a deep dive that I just missed completely. Well, it's a nice transition into calls later. It is. It is a nice transition. We, we, we can get the calls right now if you want. Yeah, I just can't. Like, I want a real argument that doesn't make me do blinking guy. Yeah, but th- here's here's my here's my advice, dude. Don't get mad. Like, like, don't talk but down to the like. I, like, like, I'm just saying, if if you, like, think for two seconds before you say, "Well, it's tradition." The Clevelandians suck. Get rid of your tradition. Your tradition is a tradition of terribleness. So just, I'm just saying that this is what people on the internet do all the time. They just go, "Hey, how about this?" How about this? It's like, but, think about it for two seconds. But Joe, it goes back to the change thing. I mean, it really does. People are scared of change. People in, in life, in general, people the are York, scared. The New York Jets, if they get Trevor Lawrence, should immediately change. They should immediately become the New York something other than the Jets. You got a brand new quarterback. You got a brand new head coach. Get rid of this. Just get rid of this history of terribleness and start anew. But again, I, I think people keep the colors. People the hold on. They, we 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 as as people, it's like a it's a it's a psych, psychological thing. We hold on to things. We we don't. And 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 I have no problem with that. There's certain things you can always want to hold on to, but people just don't want to change. I mean, Obama ran an entire campaign on it, right? Change. Yeah. Even though he didn't really change that much. Shots fired politically. <laughs> Which, by the way, he ripped that off from uh, 
Sam Cooke. You know that, right? I know nothing. Yeah, that was his. That was one of his albums. I think covers. Sam Cooke's a great, yeah, great, great artist. Yeah, incredible. Get some soul in your life if you're if you're all stressed about Cleveland changing their name. I, if you are, I gotta hear it. I gotta hear it. I bet there's members of my family who are gonna stick by that, and I'll argue with them. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. Stick by what? What, dude, a, there, what, a, dude, what a brilliant Joe, Joe, opportunity. There's people who don't want to give up the name Indians, man. Even though, again, the people were mislabeled. It, 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 I don't understand. It, it's literally like me going on a trip to Italy and somebody being like, hey, you're Canadian. I'm like, no, I'm American. No, you're Canadian. No, literally, I've never been to Canada. No, you're Canadian. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's the opposite. Right, where they're like doing, you know, you're like, yeah, I'd love to be Canadian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm Canadian. It's fine. I'm a slave boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trudeau, Trudeau, not Trump. Trudeau, totally. That's my guy. It's like a Canadian going to Europe and then being like American. He's like, please no. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm actually Canadian. <sighs> Unbelievable. Um, you want to get some calls? Let's do it. Dirt balls, dirt ball calls. Dirt balls, dirt ball calls. Dirt balls, dirt ball calls. We got the dirt balls, dirt ball calls. Hey, Dairy Sports. This is McKay from Houston, Texas. Um, the current draft class, I think, has some of the best young receivers we've had in a long time. Uh, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Henry Ruggs, uh, T. Higgins. And I was just wondering if this could be one of the best wide receiver draft classes. Now, the other draft class that had a bunch of other good receivers were Keyshawn Johnson, the 1996 draft that had Keyshawn Johnson, Terrell Owens, Joe Horn, and Marvin Harrison. Do you think in a couple years after this current class of 2020 that has C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Henry Ruggs, and T. Higgins, just an extra year of them knowing the system and playing in the NFL could match that uh, current class of 1996. Um, stay dirty, and uh, good luck to Andy's uh, third grade team. All right, bye. Thanks, McKay. We actually uh, we took our first loss yesterday. Yeah, we're 2-1 and one now. It's all right. You don't want to win all the games. Our, our best player fouled out in the oh, quarter. Oh, no. Foul calls were bad. The foul calls were, what were they, 18 to 4 yesterday. But hey, you, guys, you guys are playing a little too aggressive, but they're too handsy. You got to get some, gotta get some sh- slide drills going. The ref called a three point shot from half court when he was clearly trying to pass it. What do you mean? A third grader doesn't shoot oh, the ball oh, from half oh, court. Oh, I gotcha. A, he was a going like foul. He's going like well, it's this. It's a foul either way. Not in the act of shooting. Anyway, right. Uh, I gotcha. I, I agree with you. It is. It is good to lose. Um, I'll. I'll, uh, I'll I, I, feel, I feel like there's Broncos fans, by the way, who are also just losing their mind because Jerry Judy was not included in the uh, this current rookie class. I'll say this: that Who's class, really the, good, by the way. Yeah, that class from '96 has two Hall of Famers, man. Well, that is what I was uh, gonna say as well. Is like I think the depth of this class is right up there. I don't know if there's also another class that's 
you know, been recent. Like, you're going to get um, – I just think that the receiving game over the last 20, 30 years, just from the way these offenses go, like, it, you're just – it's just better than it's ever been. And, you know, from from the way that the – the way these offenses plays in terms of have, using all the route combinations, freeing up guys, I think, you know, just like in any sport, the – uh, there, there are, I'm sure there's footwork receiver coaches and hands receiver coach. Like it's just so much more of a skilled, we always have called them the skill position. There's just so much more skill and technique now. So it's just going to keep getting better and better. But like you said, depth wise, this class is right up there. This is a ridiculous receiving class. Um, there's been a couple of classes recently that have had guys that are ridiculous, but from a, from a, you know, topping it out standpoint. Yeah two hall of famers and do we think do we think there's two hall of famers in this class i guess there there might be justin jefferson's off to a hall of fame start no way no way there's two there's no way there's two i I just think it's guys fizzle out i just you know how hard it is man so hard to make the hall of fame yeah no i know that's i that's precisely what i was gonna say but i mean like you could probably say I, i don't know if you could say anything is safe I think you could say, like, if you were going to bet, if Vegas was going to take odds uh, on over-under Hall of Famers in this draft class, they would probably set it at one. Yeah, they'd set it at one. And I would would never take the over. But would you take the under? Yeah, I would. That's a stay away because probably one. Stay away. I'd probably take the under if I had to. I mean, there are a lot of good situations. I mean, Higgins, you know, getting paired with Burrow if he ever comes back, that 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 has a that has a Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, you know, gaudy stat potential. Um, you know, uh, obviously, there's it's it's really the the quarterback uh, receiver pairings and 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 who these guys get. Yeah. I mean, a look at DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf, you know, it's it's those guys scratching each other's backs like, Oh, Russ was in the MVP conversation for the first time. And DK Metcalf is a hot up and coming receiver. It's like, yeah, it's cause they they're playing together. So, you know, rugs is good. And, and Derek Carr is good, but like, I don't think rugs is as good as some of those other guys, but yeah. he's got a decent quarter. Like, you know, by the way, they, they did some serious off season stuff together. DK and uh, Russ. I read a huge article on DK. They went, Russ invited DK on his family vacation to Mexico, which I was like, that's kind of interesting. He's like, don't have sex with my wife though. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So like DK went with their, the family to Mexico and he's like, bring your cleats. We're just going to be, I'm thinking like, I don't know. That, that's a weird move to me. Like, like good for Super. them. Yeah. But like, Hey, we're on the beach, honey. And I'm just going to be running fade patterns with DK. That's a sus move. I don't know. Don't the kids say sus? Who would you say is sure fire Hall of Fame receivers that are even playing today? I was just but thinking that. Larry Fitzgerald is for sure a Hall of Famer. Julio Jones is likely a Hall of Famer. Antonio Brown's on the cusp. Right. He's not helping himself by coming in and doing absolutely nothing. Obviously, there's, there's a multiple Hall of Fame tight ends currently in the league, but that, that's a different question. And Michael Thomas is off to a good pace. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you can really trail off. I mean, I, you know, I'll say it at this point to make the hall of fame, you need, you need like 13,000 yards, man. I mean, we were at the point where uh, the, the hall of fame voting in the NFL is also kind of ludicrous. I mean, we're at the point where Terrell Owens was like on the cusp and you're like, dude, second most everything ever. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's get to the call we uh, alluded to earlier. Hey, guys. Uh, because it's Hanukkah, I wanted to wish you guys a happy Hanukkah. I wanted to ask you and Joe. Joe, I know you're not Jewish, but your nose says otherwise. I want to ask you guys who your favorite Jewish athletes are. Thanks, guys. Stay dirty. Well, happy Hanukkah to you as well. Um. Okay, Jewish athletes. I like. I'm sure that there's guys I don't know. I did not research this, um, so I'm sure there's guys I don't know. It's like I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go like Sandy Koufax. Like we all know yeah, Sandy don't Koufax do that. is Jewish at this point. But like um, guys who, I mean, first of all, Amari Stoudemire. <laughs> I was gonna ask. So, so what's his deal? Amari Stoudemire is Jewish. He converted to Judaism. Yeah, and. Religion obviously is a choice. Um, so I'm going Amari Stoudemire's up there. The big one that always stands out from my like youth ish days is they always talk about Sean Green, Dodgers, then Mets. Yeah. He was uh he was a he was a good, really good player. I believe he won rookie of the year. Um he had a, he had a solid career. Um I I know there's a a, a good number of like Olympic swimmers, U.S. Olympic swimmers that have been really good and and Jewish, like Mark Spitz, Spitz. is Jewish. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, pre Michael Phelps, he was Spitz the goat. Was, Spitz was the goat. So he's got to be up there. I'm trying to think of like modern guys. Julian Edelman. Yeah, you gotta forget. You can't forget Julian Edelman. Um, Ryan Braun. But again, Ryan Braun. Okay. Yeah, I didn't research this, so I don't know. And 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 look, I didn't. I just assumed Alex Bregman. I, I assumed uh, Philip Rivers was, you know, Jesus Christ and Church of the Latter-day Saints. So, you know, I just found out from Andy Ruther he's Catholic. So yeah. I, I don't have a lot of, you know, knowledge of athletes and their religions. But was Rock my head, Jewish? Uh, he converted. <laughs> he converted? <laughs> that's the, in the song, right? That's Hall of Famer saying. Rod Carew. He converted. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Uh, that that that's my list. I'm sticking to it. Uh, yeah, I think most of those guys. I mean, Julian Edelman is probably my favorite current. You know, he's hurt this year, but favorite current Jewish athlete. He's had a great career, NFL MVP in the Super Bowl. I mean, you don't get much better than that. Jock Peterson's yeah. Jewish as well. Uh, professional wrestler Goldberg. Yeah, you know who was Jewish? Professional wrestler. Macho Man Randy Savage. Really? Yeah, he's Jewish. I got to feel like there's pork somewhere in Slim Jims, but I could be wrong. (laughs) Pork byproducts? Yeah. So I guess Hanukkah started on the 10th, ends the 18th. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Happy Hanukkah to all the Jewish girls out there as well. (laughs) Okay. You, you, you You know my love affair with the Jewish girls. I do. I know, I know all about it. I have uh, 
I've hooked up with a lot of Jewish girls. Something about me. We, we, we attract each other. I don't know what it is. Opposites attract. You're the whitest, Catholicest person of all time. You think? Am I? You're pretty white from Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, I am pretty white. Oh, you know who else is Jewish? Speaking of from Cincinnati, because he, he went to Sycamore, which is a, it's a very Jewish area in Cincinnati. Kevin Euclid. Oh, there you go. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, he's Jewish. We're just okay. going to end the show by very randomly thinking of. Uh, I mean, I, I like got to go to not, a list. Yeah, it's not this easy. Is not, this is not me being anti-Semitic in any way. I just don't. I don't know, and and I, I also don't want to. Uh, I don't want to assume anything. You know, like people, the amount of people who have assumed I'm Jewish wrongly. Not that there's anything wrong with being Jewish. Remember when you uh, said other, other than being part, other than being part of you know ludicrous organized religion. Um, but like the amount of like the amount of people who have angrily called me Jewish. I'm like, wow, okay, sorry guys. Remember the racist calls we used to get like five years ago? Yeah, I have a feeling we're about to get some because we said that the Cleveland Indians shouldn't be named the Cleveland Indians. I, I don't. I don't think we are, Joe. I'll be honest. I'd be shocked if two people replied. Okay. I, 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 like I said, I'll, I'll repeat myself. Like I'm open to an honest conversation about it. I just cannot think of a real, like an honest, real reason why anybody would be opposed to it. Because I don't know how you come back from me saying, hey, they were given the wrong name to begin with. Like, I don't know how you come back from that. And, and that's like, that's what I'm saying. There's multiple layers of it though. There's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of layers of it. There's there, that there's that there's the, clearly offensive mascot there's the native american community not liking it there's the there like there's a lot of things so the layers upon layers i just don't know what your argument there's a there's a seven layer argument against and your argument is what woke people we can't we can't let woke culture get out of control too late dude pick your battles yeah, That's what I always say. Exactly. This ain't about this ain't a battle to pick. Yeah. Like I am all for battling things I think are ridiculous and overreaches and being woke, such as Latinx. Ain't no I don't know a single Latino or Latina person using the word Latinx. I don't I don't even I haven't I haven't even gone down that wormhole and to even really know what you're talking about. Well, my point is that's something that white people who have PhDs are trying to tell other white people is offensive when if you talk to anybody who comes from that background, they're, trust me, they're not going to agree with that. But my point is, let's pick our battles. And in my opinion, this is not one that you want to pick because it's just stupid and it's wrong. But if you do want to pick it, hey, we are open to listen. The hotline yeah. is 310-359-8365. So drop a call, drop a tweet, drop a IG DM at the dirty sports or at Andy Ruther or at fix your life for Joe on Twitter or at Joe Prano on Instagram. Let us know. We're here guys. We're not going anywhere. And uh, I promise you, I will keep it civil. Even though my tweet yesterday, even though my, what I figured was a very just straightforward tweet, the guy said I was speaking down to people and I will not make that same promise but i will make an attempt <laughs> i will promise to try <laughs> but if you say shit like tradition like what do you want me to say like how do you 
Tradition. Well, it's a hundred years of tradition of garbage. I think it's a lot of bots though. I think back to your initial point. Uh, yeah. Just, just in general, like, like my thing now is when there's a, when there's a, an argument on that's very divided. And I don't think this one is extremely divided, but when there are arguments like that and I look at profiles, when your profile is at Indians 06572, you're not a real person. Yeah. You're just not. All right, guys, that's the show. It's been fun. Again, the hotline is 310-359-8365. Give us a ring. Drop an iTunes review. Drop your Twitter or Instagram handle, and I will uh, get some koozies. Little teaser. Might be a live Dirty Sports coming up. Might be Andy Ruther and Joe Prano in the same room. Possibility. It's possible. Could happen. Could. No promises, but it could. That's right. Boys could be getting back together. There's a rumor of a live show happening possibly around Christmas. Albert Bell and Manny Ramirez in the same lineup once again. Ooh. Corked back galore. It's going to be great. All right, guys, that's the, that's the show for my end. Joe, you got to add anything else? Nope. Nope. All right, Dirtballs, have a uh, great beginning of the week. We'll see you guys in a couple days. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>